Welcome back to another episode to check up with your boy Chris Bolton. Man, hope everybody's having a good day. Hope y'all doing fine. Have a very special podcast lined up today. I have a very special guest. Very excited to have her on. She's the truth. I'm gonna just let y'all know that right now. She is the truth. We have Justina Knight with us, head of evaluations for Sports Talk 2319, owner of Hoop Vows and a GSU alum. She covers basketball from all all aspects. I'm talking college, high school, men's, women's, boys, girls. It don't matter. Children's babies, anything in between. She has you covered. Justina, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So, of course, just Tell me, uh, you know, how you got into um, just your 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 love for basketball. Of course, you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't love it. So just how did everything come about? Oh, okay. Well, I decided to go to, I ended up getting a walk-on scholarship at an NAIA school. I didn't like how my freshman year turned out. And so I felt that I could go play somewhere else better in terms. Mm-hmm. And so when I went and decided to transfer schools, the love for basketball changed for me because now I had to go up against much bigger talent as well. And so I was a little bit frightened. I must admit about that part. And <laughs> so as time goes on, my mom told me two things. She said, Justina, you can either play basketball or you can get an education, but you can't do both. And so I chose my education, but I couldn't fathom the idea of not having the game around me anymore. Right. So right. one day, I am sitting down with my best friend and she says to me, she says, you do really good at understanding the game because I was a point guard. And she said, you need to create a fan page on Twitter like most of them do and just talk the game of basketball. And so I did. I was a big, I'm a big Kevin Durant fan, of course. And so I had a Kevin Durant fan page. And so people started following me like, man, you know, she's looking at what, KD is running, looking at the sets and everything that he's running, Mm -hmm. and I'm just I'm in love with it. So after that, I was like, well, forget this fan page. I'm going (laughs) to let them know this the real me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll put a picture up there, and then all of the the guys like, oh, that's a woman. Oh my gosh, why'd you run? So (laughs) me and I just started you know, tweeting about the game, tweeting about what I see, and then I just started doing evaluations in my phone. So I had met Rashad, right? Rashad mm-hmm. had said something about it was the Warriors when Katie joined the Warriors. And he had said something about my guy that I didn't like. So I hit Rashad up and I'm like, okay. And all right, I don't like how you're coming at my boy like that. <laughs> and so me and him become the best of friends. So he ended up doing this uh, runner report camp in Atlanta. And I wanted to personally meet him. So I hit him up one day. I said, look, Am I more than welcome to meet you at this camp? He said, yeah, come on through. So I drive up, go to Atlanta, and I meet him. We talk. First two players we ever talked about was Markel Johnson as well as Cassius Winston. Been big fans for them for the longest. Two weeks later after that, the evaluations that I had sent to him, he calls me up. He says, hey, Jay. Jay." He says, are you willing to work with me to be head of evaluations? I'm like, I am more than welcome. And from there, it just blossomed. Everything blossomed. Got you. I'm about to say, you know, uh, Shah, he he loves Cassius. You know what I'm saying? That's that's his guy. He had the one-on-one with him and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. we big on him. Big on him since Michigan. Like, I was like, oh, man, we love him to death. 
Yeah. So, man, so and everything blossomed from there. And here you are now, head of evaluations. Like, so when was that moment when you were doing the, the stuff, you know, sending out the, the breaking out the place for KD? Was that the moment when it really clicked to you? Like, I really need to hone in and, and make this my own. Like, I really need to be a player evaluator. Right. One of the things that stuck out to me is I was good at understanding balance. Okay, and mm-hmm. and that's the thing is people think you can have an abundance of talent, Chris, but that's not just it. You got to have to have that balance with your talent. So one of those things is, and that's what Nets are struggling now. They have abundance of talent, but how can they find their balance? You know what I mean? Right, right. So no, when I, right. So when I seen that, I was just like, I understand balance because I was a point guard. And as a point guard, and at this time, back back when I was playing, we didn't too much rely on skill. We relied on athleticism. So me as a guard, what I would do is all I needed was some tall, strong guards. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. Now, I was five-man breaking every tournament <laughs> as I could. I'm not lying. I, I, I'm telling you, we had a girl. She was like, she had to at least be at least six feet. But she was strong. And she was fast. And I knew as a guard, I had a quick first step. So how we would beat majority of our teams is we were running the crap out of them and so I understood that as a guard I understood to play on my player strengths and that's what I did and so the more and more of film I watched I was watching film in high school from all Baron Davis Larry Hughes um Delonte West from with the Cavaliers with LeBron Mm -hmm. I've always been a film woman so watching film watching sets watching what they do that's what I enjoy. So I took what I love so much and just progressed it into boys and girls, men and women's basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sounds like you've been preparing to be this your whole life without even knowing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but yeah, that but being a point guard, I can, that definitely, I can see that in your evaluations with how you break down guards and, you know, whether their handle is too loose if they need to tighten their handle up or how they attack the pick and roll, dribble handoffs, et cetera, et cetera. All that comes across in your breakdowns. So mm-hmm. would you say being a point guard has how, – how much has being a point guard just translated to your work? Would you For be one, able – Would you do you think you would have the mind you have now without um, playing that position? No. Oh, no. Because you get to see inside the mind of a post player too. Now this is the this is the luck that I had. My best friend played basketball with me, so she was in a post. But she was a wing before she was a post. So she didn't know how to be a post player until her coach taught her. And when she mm-hmm. taught me how to be in the post by playing against her, that's when I could see the level of thinking of how post players thought. Post players are looking for you to guide them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's that's just one of the greatest things about post players playing with great and elite post players. They're looking for a guard to guide them. And so when I developed that with my best friend, I already knew what it was like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Running sets, running off the pick and roll, coming off the screen. Also knowing that if I'm coming and attack the lane, I don't need you, you know, hogging the inside. I need you to space out. And if you got to come back, then you got to come back. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. that was just like that, that intuition, that intuition of being a PG coming in, playing with a post player and seeing how we correlate. So when I look at players now as guards, the game has turned totally went to skill. 
You know, it's not, it's athleticism, don't get me wrong, but actually skill. So when you're looking at these guards, I'm looking at them in a way of how well is your handle? You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the things. Because if you got a nice handle, I know you can get anywhere you want on the floor. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, Everything mm-hmm. else, shooting, that's another thing. Shooting helps, helps you. Besides the money part, the shooting is going to help fluctuate the offense. It's going to stretch the offense. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's going to keep the defense honest. But as a guard, how well do you understand that? As a guard, how well do you understand pace, read, and vision? Because you're going to have to come off of a lot of screens. You're going to play that pick and roll as much as you can. So how well are you within that system? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. It, that makes a lot of sense. I was a – I personally – I played in the post but really wasn't a post player. We were basically ran five out. We were a right. team full of guards. Everybody was – nobody was taller than 6'2". I was the tallest person on the team in high school. But wow. that does make a lot of sense, though, because as a guard, as a, especially as a point guard, you have to know where everybody's going to be at a certain time on the court when you're, when you're running the set. You have to know what everybody's doing. A lot of players, you just – my position was I need to know what the four and the five was doing. But as a point guard, you have to know what you're doing. You got to know what you're two wings, the four to five, everything mm-hmm. everybody has going on. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Now, what difficulties – like what? how much have you grown since your beginning? You know what I'm saying? What, what's, what's the growth you've seen in yourself from when you were doing things starting off to where you're at now? Um, understanding basketball terminology, mm-hmm. people, you know, when you understand those basketball terminologies, um, you know, that helps out a whole lot. Um, understanding positions, you know what I mean? And it's more, it's more on a college level and professional level because in high school, I mean, zone and man, I mean, those are the two things that you're running. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You, you, zone and man. And most girls you know, teams are running zones a lot of time, unless they just are super athletic. You know, they have the athletes to run man like that. Right. So what I did was I had to sit down and I had to watch film. That's what I had to do. I had to watch film of players. I needed to understand why they were hedging. I need to understand why they're showing. I need to understand, you know, well, why did this person switch out on this screen when he's the next closest man? Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to understand it. And when I started understanding it, that's when I was able to get into the player mind to know how creative they was. Because you know that this man has to help. If I'm an offensive player, right, mm-hmm. and I know that I'm a guard, for instance, as a guard, if I know I'm coming off the screen, I think defense first, then offense. Right, right. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And so when I had learned that part of it, it became much easier for me. Gotcha, gotcha. And so what what level of basketball that you um, get to cover and break down, What, which one do you enjoy the most? Because they all have their perks and, you know, all different – you have to look at each level differently, but – What's been your favorite to just, you know, when you get to sit down and, and, and watch and break down, what's your favorite level? My favorite level is college. Mm-hmm. Now, the real reason why I like college, now college hasn't been so much of what it is because COVID has hit the way that it has. So we haven't been able to actually see the college game for what it is. But college has so much more to offer because it's more of a hustle to me. Yeah. And yeah. and the systems and the systems you really have to have pure talent, too, and skill. So if a team is making you beat them on the perimeter, how good are you to shoot over those zones? So it, it makes the game – it makes you think the game like, 
now let's see how how smart you is because in the NBA the spacing is everything mm-hmm. in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You can get it's like taking candy from a baby in the NBA right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nah, for real though, so, they, they 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 spread you out, and you know if you don't wait late, they're gonna take advantage. They're gonna take advantage, but in the in the in college, you helping to help defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in college, I want to I want to get inside your mind. I want to see how well you are able to manipulate that scheme. And that, I'm talking about from every aspect of each player. So college is fun. And plus, too, when you get to the pros, you already got your, your money. Right. You ain't got to play as hard as you do versus somebody who you got the money. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they, they trying to get out the mud. They trying to you know, get to the money themselves. Right. So the grind is a whole lot different. Definitely. Definitely. Now, speak, we're talking about, since we're talking about college, you talked about how when you were playing point guard, how you, you try to get up and down the floor, you know, fast break, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Do you want to see more teams running that style of basketball in college? Because I just kind of feel like the game, the college game is, you know, the pace is different. It's a little more slow down. The coaches want to run their sets. But I just really want to see more teams kind of just getting up and down with these athletes instead of slowing things down. Um, it's a 50, 50 cause, because at some point in time, you got to slow it down, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you want to control, control the offense, it's, but it's hard because you got to understand all those players are young. So they got fresh legs to run. Um, personally, it's a 50, 50. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more of the running and, and getting up and down the court, but I also want to see how well is your half court offense. You know what I mean? Right. I want to. I want to see how strong is your half court offense, and how well you know spacing that comes with it. How, how well is it? So true because there's only so much that you probably can gain as an evaluator when you're seeing a team or a player that's only getting up and down the floor in the break. Like, okay, I know what you can do in the break, but what can you do when things are slowed down? Absolutely, because my biggest thing too, Chris, too, is when I look at players. I don't look at just your offensive game. I'm going to look at defense first. I'm going to look at defense first, and then I'm also going to see how well you are without the ball. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. – that's that's why I'm so good at what I do. Not to toot my own horn. No, but, no, go ahead. Look, look. Gas, gas it up. I look at – yeah, I, I, that's why I look at it like that. And I'm like, how well are you are without the ball? You know what I mean? Because if you're just as dangerous without having the ball – my God, <laughs> I know the next level for you going to be something special. No, no, definitely. Because, I mean, there's plenty of players who you give them the rock, they can they can get busy, they can go get a bucket for themselves. But um, I kind of feel like how you're seeing it, you really can see if someone really knows the game, if they mm-hmm. can be effective without a rock in their hands. You know what I'm saying? All right. So Absolutely. Just uh, with your, you know, you've been doing a lot of evaluating this year. Um Who's your favorite player? It doesn't even have to be in college, like somebody who's coming up for the next draft class or anything. Just what player has kind of stood out to you in any level that, you know, has grown to be one of your favorites? Mm, it's a lot, though. <laughs> it's a do I need, lot. Do I need to break it down? To, to let's, go, let's, go, let's go in uh, high school girls. Let's start with high school girls. Uh, I'm going to go... With my girl Janaya Barker. Okay. She's out of she's in Florida. Um, they have a whole great team. They got Nisha Godfrey as well as Miss Jasmine with them. But Miss Janaya is 
it's everything you want in the in and out game. You know, she can hit you with a one, two coming in the second level. Mm-hmm. I mean, she can post you up and do a little spin off like she Kobe. And she definitely come in transition. If ain't nobody putting no hand up on her, she gonna knock it down. So, so baby girl, oh, that that ass. She's certified. Her, she's a bucket. Yeah, she's certified. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. is she a junior, senior? Um, uh, I think she's actually a junior. Ooh, I think she's okay, a junior okay. this year. Bet, bet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Might be on the lookout for her. Has she committed to anybody yet? No, not just yet. I actually, she just had about 20-something points about two weeks ago. I haven't looked at the other uh, her other last games, mm-hmm. but I know just about maybe two and a half weeks to go to maybe three. Baby girl had about like 23 points. I mean, but she it's, it's effortlessly, effortless for her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to score. That's what I love about it. Nice. So, you know, her mechanics catching up with her when she goes to the next level, it's, it's nothing. The mechanics gonna flow with them, right, so right. I love it. I love oh yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna be on the lookout for her. Now, tell me on on the boys' side of things, who's who's been looking real nice? Who's somebody that's uh, stood out for you? Uh, I'm gonna go with Mr. Corey Floyd Jr. I actually just did his uh his evaluation, but a couple of days ago. And I like Corey because he has that the body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He has the body to um get at the rim to contest it. And anybody contest him at the rim, I mean that it's nothing to him. He still can shoot. He can, and he can play defense. And so I like I like Corey right now. Okay. Floyd Jr. Got you. Now, have you been really looking into, you know, some of the people who are gonna be going into the next year's draft class? Have you had a you know chance to just kind of look at some people or I okay, have. okay. Who everybody knows about the Cade Cunninghams, you know, Jalen Suggs, Kaminga, you know, Jalen Green. But who's maybe somebody that, you know, we might can see later on in the draft or maybe even go undrafted that, you know, kind of sticks out to you that might be a gem, one of those hidden gems. Mr. AJ Green out of Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mr. AJ Green, I love him. A lot of people might get it twisted because of his mechanics, his shot mechanics. That's a little bit on the, uh, on the, you know, ambidex- I mean, the unorthodox side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's okay because he got game. <laughs> <laughs> that's all yes, that matters. He AJ got Green. game. Okay, so he is he a, a three level score? He's a three. He three level score and then some. Ooh, okay, <laughs> I like I like him though, Mr. AJ. Actually, me Rashad has actually spoken out with him too. So, um, and once uh, I actually, once I got the evaluation put up on him and shot, once I put the evaluation up, shot hit me like two minutes later. It was like, I love him. I was like, well, I think I know I'm doing something. (laughs) You got got the seal of approval. Yeah. But it sounds like just based off your description, he might sound like a little bit like how Mason Jones was, you know, Mason Jones was a Mm -hmm. bucket and someone who, whose game wasn't the sexiest. But you know he can he gets buckets and it's translating now to the next level. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely gonna be on the lookout for him in Northwest. Okay. But um, just kind of going back to high school. So this okay. is something I've been kind of thinking about because I I get to go to a bunch of high school games and watch these teams. Okay. Do you think the the talent, the talent level for the top players is definitely at a high. You know, when the, the top players, whether it's boys or girls, they're very good. But do you think the gap has kind of gotten larger between the really good players and like the average high school players? Because it seems, I don't know if the game just seems like it's 
I feel like high school players, like the average high school player, just you know, years ago were maybe better and stuff. I don't know if the the athletes, what's going on with the athletes, don't know the game as well. But it just seems like the the margin, that gap between like the really good players, has been kind of uh, exposed and 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 made more as of late. What do you think about that? I think the media has a lot to do with that part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and and just to correlate that is just that uh, I think that what's taught now, you know, for is, you know, marginalized is the fact that it's skill. Like you're at, people are actually teaching skill, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Versus back when I was playing or you were playing, it was just off athleticism and talent. Right. You know, back and I feel like at the time I was playing, I was a three-star athlete. I played track, softball. Yeah, what class are you? I'm 20, 12. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so right. So I'm saying to myself, like, that's what we were. We were just built off for talent and athleticism. But now you got talent, athleticism, and skill set. Mm-hmm. And so, but what is going to be the shift is because media has gotten involved more now. You have media in all of these local gyms that wasn't getting the media coverage before and bringing more out, you know, bringing more out of the players and being able to say, Hey, I've been here. This kid can play, you know, blase, blase. Right. Right. What, what really drives that force right now is media media being able to take local coverage and just run with it now. So it gives more players to, you know, be out there and get more looks and things. No, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, the the platforms that these players have now compared to a, a big-time player coming out of school, you know, maybe 10 years ago or so, is, is way different. These guys have, like, 750,000 followers on IG. You know, their Twitter following is big. And it's just they, they already have a brand established by the time they come out of high school, let alone college. Absolutely, but this is where it's going to have. It's going to be a burden, and then and it's going to be a burden, and it's going to have a shift. Just like think about it in the NBA right now, when what's coming in the NBA right now is you got to be able to do everything. Yes, you know, right? You you know, you have to be a complex wing guard. You just got to be all of that, right? Yeah, like I don't know so if you play two K. You got to be a demigod. You got you got to be somebody who right. can do everything. You know, no matter your how big you are. Absolutely. But the greatest thing about it is it's going to be a burden to that, too. It's because you need your specialty players. I don't care how much you don't look mm-hmm. at. You need somebody who's going to say, you know what, I'm going to D up the best player on the floor. And that's all I do. Then that's all I'm getting paid for. Mm-hmm. I need somebody. And so and that's what I do. So when I look at when I'm looking at evaluations, I want to know as a player. How well are you? Do you know your identity? Because mm-hmm. if you're gonna come out here and tell me I ain't doing nothing else, but I'm just shooting because that's what I'm paid to do, I'm rocking with you because you understand your identity. If you're gonna lock up the best man on the court, I'm rocking with you because you understand your identity, and that is what's going to help you get paid in the NBA. You're right. <clears throat> you're right. I mean, no matter even though we want all these players to be able to do this, that, and the third, at the end of the day. You're going to need your dogs. You're going to need somebody who's going to yep. get bored. Gonna, like you say, you're going to need yep. somebody on the wing, somebody like a Tony Allen who's going to get dirty. Right. First team, all defense, wants to lock up. Um, you're going to need your shooters. So that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Do you think we need to get back to trying to get players to know their identity? Like you said, I, everybody 
we're we're so focused on trying to make sure everybody's so skilled now. Mm-hmm. But do does does the game kind of need to go back more towards okay, you're really good at this. We're gonna make sure you are the best at this aspect on the on the floor. And of of course. Um, and I definitely think that because you got to think about it, look at, look, it's very scarce. It's 450 players in the NBA, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your four, your best 450 in the world. You got PJ Tucker being a dog in the post and making sure he knocked down corner threes and get paid millions of dollars for it. There you go. You know, how well did he help out that Houston team with C3 as well as Harden? Took up the bulk of the work. Instrumental. Instrumental, you know I mean? yeah. He was out so, there getting getting double-doubles, you know, getting 13, 14 rebounds, and he's six, seven, playing the, he's playing the five, getting all those boards. Right. Think about it. We talk about Kobe, rest in peace, my guy. Mm-hmm. All Kobe championships. What about Trevor Ariza? We don't talk about Trevor enough. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about Ron Artest enough. Right. <laughs> nah, you preaching. You spitting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got to think about it. Those players – are the backbones to those championship teams. Every championship team need a DNA player like that. Facts. Facts. That is that is the truth. You know, and just kind of straight off topic real quick, that's why one of my favorite players in the league is Marcus Smart. Now, does he get a lot of control at times, you know, and, and be feeling it, you know, shoot maybe two or three, too many threes a game? He might. But I feel like he's one of those guys that, like, you just – you really can't replace on a team just with everything he brings. Okay, and I'm going I'm to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I have one player right now, considerably, if they put a team around him to benefit him for the best, I bet your bottom, before Mr. Malcolm Brogdon leaves this league, he's going to have a championship. He is championship yeah. caliber kind of player. I, I know some great players. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. We talk about the Kyries. We talk about um, – we talk about Kimballs and, and not even just guards, but, you know, post players like Car Anthony Towns, just some of the young talent out of everybody right now. And I'm pretty sure there are some more like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Malcolm Brogdon is going to get him a championship if they give him the right aspects to play with him because he has it all. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to – some nights he knows when he has to score. Mm-hmm. Some nights he knows when he has to get assists. Some nights he understands when he has to help out on the boards with Miles Turner and Sabonis. He understands that at a young age. So, and he's, and so I love him. Facts. When he le- Why do you think the Bucks? Look at the Bucks. I'm not trying to push on the Bucks, but when he left the Bucks, I didn't see the value anymore as much, Chris. I, I'm right there with you. I've been a Brogdon fan for the longest. My, me and my homeboys have had discussions. And they're like, bro, why are you love Brogdon so much? But just the same exact reasons you just stated. I mean, he is he's a ball player. And that, it kind of goes back to his roots at Virginia. He, 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 you know what I'm saying? You don't leave Virginia without knowing basketball. So yep. he, he's definitely showcasing that he – and people had questions about him too because he was an older guy coming out. But, you know – Mm-hmm. People have to get over that older stuff. We've seen a lot of older guys do their thing in the league. You know, Brandon Clark, he's been a good piece for the Grizzlies. Um, you know, Cassius is going, he's been able to get some shine with Washington. He's going to continue to, to do uh, big things. But yeah. Xavier Tillman, out of the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. He started, he had his first start maybe, what, two games ago. Um, I could go on for days of speaking. I call those players season meat. Um, I spoke with that on Jack, on uh, Zach's podcast when I first started with him, mm-hmm. and I was letting people know that 
college can be a burden to some, but not many. Some don't need it. Some require it. And being in college for a longer period of time doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're no less or no more of a player. Yes, it dropped to draft stop, but that's okay. But you get that understanding of having a much more uh, seasoned game. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. And, and a part of the understanding is just to break you off one minute. Um, I remember when they had Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and this was supposed to be this dominant force, and everybody thought they were going to win the championship, right? Mm-hmm. And they were playing Michigan. And I had told every last one of my friends, I said, Michigan is going to be due. Yeah. That was I mean, the I, eight, Mich- I yeah, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. No, it was not Michigan, Michigan State. So I told them, I said, Cassius and them are going to beat them. They kept saying, no, these, this is one of the toughest draft classes that Duke ever had. <laughs> I said, I don't care how tough it is. You got Xavier Tillman, you got Cassius Winston, you got seasoned skill right there. So game prolonged, Michigan State wins. Mm-hmm. Nobody caught me for days. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to go along with your point, we talking about people knowing their roles. That Duke team, those guys, when you have talent like that, they were still trying to figure out their roles. You know, there were still times RJ wanted to be the number one. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe Zion yeah. called to be the number one. And, you know, sometimes Cam Reddish should have maybe been more involved. And he's a little, you know, lost in the mix and playing third fiddle, et cetera, et cetera. But that Michigan State team, everybody knew, you know, Cassius, he's, he's the PG Ward was one of the big guys on that team. He was one of the, you know, so he's going to get boards, play defense. But basically everybody knew their job on that Spartans team to go along with what you were saying. Right. Absolutely. So how do you go about when it comes to evaluating players and putting maybe, you know, a priority or ranking somebody based when you look at how one person might be, uh, you know, may, maybe one guy's a defender or another player is more well-rounded, but not as good at certain aspects of their game as someone who has a specialty? Like, how do you kind of balance, you know, grading and evaluating those guys? For one, I look at the system. Um, so I look at how the coach is playing him. So if the if he's a, really a shooting guard, but the, but the coach has him playing as a point guard, I already kind of can know he's not going to be able to facilitate as, as, as well as he wants mm-hmm. to. You know what I mean? Because really, in technical speaking, he's a shooting guard. You see what I'm saying? He's not a point guard. Right. So I already look at that. The system of what the coach already running me. And is that the proper system? But on the other hand, I also see how you can counter it. Even though that's not your best position, how well have you a player to figure it out? Mm-hmm. So, and I do that by watching your film. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and the points doesn't, like I said, it don't matter to me. I don't, Looking at points and everything, I don't care about points. I don't care about how you can be a stat sheet stuffer. I want to see how well can you score in the floor offense. Do you have to have the ball in your hand to be able to score? You can't score coming off a cut, baseline cut. I can't get a post to go into the dunker spot, flash the dunker spot, and come back. How well do I see that you score in the floor of offense? Mm-hmm. Two, I don't box players. You know, people try to box them to this certain position. No. Play and play how you want to play. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Three, I typically don't rank players, okay? Um, and I don't rank, and you don't ever hear me talk about what a player plays like. Okay, any evaluations I've ever had, if you look on my website, everything, 
I do not rant. Right. You, you just give a synopsis, you know, just breaking down the what, what they do and whether it's in the post, perimeter, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. I don't compare. It's because well, part of the reason why I don't compare is because I'm already doing interviews with these players, mm-hmm. right? So if you sit here telling the player he play like Paul George, yeah, it makes him feel good, but he gonna go out there trying to play like Paul George. <laughs> it makes no sense, right, right? Right. So what you do is allow them to develop their game within themselves, and whatever y'all see it for it to be, then that's what y'all see. But I typically don't not gonna you know gotcha, compare anything gotcha. that nature. Man, this is this has been fun. You know, I just. <laughs> I love just talking basketball, you know what I'm saying? You know, this this is this is my love. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is my first love. I remember being growing up and it would be snowing outside and still be outside shooting around. But this is I have you here, you're just a great basketball mind. How do you kind of see the NBA season just kind of playing out now, you know, with the the Nets making their moves, you know, we see LeBron still playing at an MVP level. How do you kind of think, you know, things are going to shape out? Um, for one, all teams got to make their adjustments. That's one. For two, they're going to actually – I know they're going to finish the season out because mm-hmm. everybody got to make money somehow. Um, two, the biggest thing right now is for teams to start making their adjustments now and what they can add on and what they can prepare for because right now, like, right. Kevin Durant is my favorite player, right? But I'm 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 not like – just because I'm a Kevin Durant fan and I'm just going to be like I'm shy of what he does or the, the team. So when they made the move with Harden going there or whatever, it wasn't that I was all gun ho because I still was skeptical because I still <laughs> needed to see some defense. They still didn't have uh-huh. defense before they even got <laughs> right. Right. So, so, you know, everybody's so gun ho and I'm sitting here telling, you know, talking to my guys and they're like, Oh, Justina, you're just, you're just, you're tripping. That's, that's about to be an offensive load. And I'm like, okay, cool, or whatever. And so they traded away all their viable pieces that they did have, and they got hardened. And so now you see Cleveland play them back-to-back, and that's, mm-hmm. that wasn't no stunt. Like, Cleveland wasn't there. That's mm-hmm. good talent mm-hmm. right there. You know what I mean? So they come in. You have no insight besides Jordan, and they – Right, Start and, and Jordan, Jordan, little, you know, you he ain't the same All NBA defender he was maybe what six set six years ago. This is a little, this is a seat, this is a little older DeAndre, right. this is seasoned DeAndre. Right. So what y'all think? Y'all think that they want to win just off of abundance abundance of offense? Mm-hmm. No, don't work like that. You don't. So then you're thinking about the Lakers. Love the Lakers, and the Lakers are going to be fine. They're just cruising it right now. Only thing that I do expect for the Lakers right now is Mark Gasol. I love Mark Gasol, um, but Mark Gasol isn't showing the passing abilities that mm-hmm. I think that he wants mm-hmm. to get. You know what I mean? So I want to see if he can bring more of that passing game because if he brings more of that passing game toward the playoffs, yeah, somebody in trouble because the Lakers going Lakers, Lakers going to fly. They, all they, they, the they are going to be tough. I really I'm ready to see what kind of how everything plays out because. Uh, I, PG's been doing his thing. I I want to see if the Clippers if they might be able to to make something shake. They that point guard, like that backup point guard who will just come in and and get everybody where they need to be. I mean, because they have the the wings for Kawhi and PG, but you know who's going to be that kind of that Rondo, what that Rondo guy was for the Lakers last season. Who's going to be that for the Clippers? Because that kind of seemed to to come back and bite them in the butt in the playoffs. 
Right. And they need a uh, a facilitator as well. We'll put uh, now Reggie could have been that. I- I'm going to be honest. A lot of people didn't care for Reggie because I can see why they didn't because Reggie mm-hmm. didn't understand mm-hmm. his position. You know what I mean? And he and he showed it last year. You know, doing all sorts of things instead of just running the running the play mm-hmm. and just doing what you need to do. But the greatest thing what makes Reggie so dominant to me is he's one of the few guards that know how to make a play out of the yep. pick and, the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. He know how to snake it. He know how to, you know, he knows how to get to his spots. But he has to understand when to drop it off. He has to understand when to shoot and when not to do too much shooting because you have Kawhi and you have PG on your team. So it could have it's just that Reggie just don't want to do what Reggie wants to do. But if he just get in his mind like, I I want to win a championship, I can do that. He mm-hmm. can do it. He mm-hmm. really can. He just now I have this idea. I don't I'm pretty sure Steve Nash is not going to do this, but what would you think about if they don't trade, you know, if they keep the the group as is, what do you think about bringing Kyrie off the bench? And like as like a Ginobili mm. role with how Pop did him and let him get buckets against the second unit. He could still play starter minutes. And I'm pretty sure Kyrie is probably not trying to hear that. But I just, it seems like they have the we, we saw what you know Harden and, and KD was doing together. They'll be fine with that starting unit with everything going, you know, how it needs to on the offensive end. Maybe like Kyrie, you know, get busy off the bench could be an option. What what do you think about that? Um, I can see that, or I can see Harden coming off the bench. Now, the biggest thing for Kyrie, and I'm gonna say this is there is no way Kyrie and Harden should have the ball at the end of the game. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but I'm not sorry. Okay, the ball should be in Katie's hands. That is that's the most ultimate thing, and that's what I think. Kyrie forces himself at the end of the game. Now, don't get me wrong. That stunt that he had with the Cavs, that ain't Oh, yeah, he was, he did what he had to do. Right. He he came really close, you know what I mean? (laughs) He he really bought that thing. You see what I'm saying? So, I I will say that, Chris. So, I'm not trying to take away, but what I'm saying is, you got a 50-40-90, seven foot, take you from perimeter all the way to the inside. I mean, and gets wherever he wants Katie's top 15 all time when it's said done. All t- there you go. So he didn't have a ball of thing, and that's the only that's the biggest problem with Kyrie is what I see is that understanding when mm-hmm. to give up the ball. You know what I mean? Before everything else, like what Kyrie does, if he gets in the in- inside in the third of that court, it's bye bye, baby. <laughs> guess what? You're not stopping that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, now, but but with Harden, now I will say this if Harden just take and get to some second level scoring, he'll understand the beauty of his game. You already know how to break players down. You already know how to Mm -hmm. manipulate them off the dribble. If you get inside the inner third of that court, it's butter for you. It's it's butter for him and he doesn't want to do it. He wants to run on the perimeter. He wants to run on the inside and he wants to pass. And oh, he's a great he's passer. A he was, passer. Shoot, you know he, was I mean? a, he was the point guard at OKC at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> at the end of the game, right. But if he take and get in the second level 
You ain't, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. I mean, he he's going. He's got his pad and his step back. We know he's got his step back in his games and his pick and roll. If he's if he's driving, he's either going all the way to the rack or he's he's dishing it off. But we, you're right. We don't really see that second level scoring from him. It, and it'll be that'll be a game changer. That's that's you know a forgotten art we've seen in today's game. Man, Justina, this is this has been fun. I really appreciate you hopping on. We're <laughs> to do this again. We really are. <laughs> yeah, I, got I appreciate to. <laughs> it. I hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, Justina, just tell everyone you know where they can you know keep up with your work. Just you know uh, your your social media, everything you want to tell the people. Okay, well, of course you can hit me at hoopnalysis underscore thirty five. If you want to follow my sports talk twenty three nineteen team, then of course I also own my own company, which is Hoop Vows. Um, you can hit that at the Twitter link as well as I hit hoopvalves.com to go to my website and just to give you viewers a little chance is that I'll be teaming up with Rashad and we will be actually doing the circuit with Alec Kinski um, and doing a couple of projects there so if you all want to check us out in February all right all right man I'm gonna definitely check that out you know (laughs) y'all doing some great things I really appreciate you you know taking the time out and just chopping it up with me Thank All you right. a lot. It's been an episode really of it. Check Up with Chris Bolton. Hope y'all enjoy. Be on the lookout for the next one. Later.